0: Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and his love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. I'm gonna have Wesley Fagan come up. we're going to flow, just to kind of keep you on your toes this morning. We're going to keep you on your toes. We're going to flow between probably Wesley and myself this morning. Um, I feel like, we feel like the Lord wants to, wants to kind of do some commissioning and ministry at the end. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I just, I'm really thankful for this man who just got back from Brazil. 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 Yeah. Yeah, he was in, you were in all sorts of places, Fortaleza, yeah, I'll let you share where you were, but um, he's going to be sharing some testimonies this morning of what the Lord did as he's been just sharing the gospel, loving on people, and seeing uh, cities and nations transformed um, with his power and his love, and so we're going to step into that this morning, and then we're going to kind of dive into a few other things, Um, so yeah. Go for it. Yeah.
1: Come on. Um, it's good to be back. Um, I actually felt to have a greeting time. So turn to the person next to you and ask them what they're excited about. Or if you already know the person next to you, turn to someone you don't know. Just what they're excited about in life in general. All right, enough excitement. Um, I love the Convergence family and the family that we have here. And I just, before I even start, like Andrew said, I'm going to be sharing some testimony today. But I just wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you that even sowed into this trip that I was just on. I know a lot of you donated money and um, even just prayed for me and gave me words about what the Lord was doing, and so I'm super, super, super appreciative of that because you can't go alone, you know? It's family. Um, so yeah, I. it's kind of a long story, but at the beginning of the year, I actually felt to share this. The Lord gave me like a vision, and I, it's not like an open vision, but I was spending time with the Lord, and I just saw this very clear picture and in the picture, I, I, I was at this long table, and it was like a banqueting table. And it was very ornate and very amazing. And I, I feel like it was like the wedding feast of the Lamb. Like it was like, wow, this is heaven, and these are like these are the sons and daughters. And I'm sitting there and there's a few empty seats. Like there's an empty seat across from me to the right, and there's an empty seat to the left, and I think to my like right beside me to my right. And it was this weird thing. Like, I was like, there's not supposed to be empty seats here. Like, I know about the parable, you know, that's like, let the, let the house be full. You all know what I'm talking about? And I was like, I don't feel like there's supposed to be empty seats here. And each seat had, like, a nameplate at it. And I'm like, Lord, like, who are these people? Like, why are there empty seats? And I look down, and in my hands I have invitations. And the invitations were to the seats. And I felt this like fear of the Lord hit me like so hard. Like, (laughs) oh man. We are holding invitations. Each of you has invitations in your hand to that day. There's a feast that's been paid for. Like it's like a banquet. It's like an event. I mean, it's heaven's so much more than an event, but picture it like an event that's been paid for, that Jesus literally is like his one desires that people would be there with him, and he's paid for it, and he's handed you tickets to it, and said, hand these out to people. And what hinders us? Like, are we going to let the fear of man stand in the way of the lamb receiving the reward of his suffering? And so this is something that gripped my heart towards the beginning of this year. And I didn't really share it a lot because it was kind of a, I didn't know what to do with it. Like I was like, Lord, like, yes, like I'm, I want to be more intentional. And, but with that, it's really interesting because right after that, the doors started opening up. And within, I don't know the exact time frame. I'd probably say about a month and a half. Within a month and a half of that, there were like three different nations that opened up, like just like this. And one of them was this trip to Brazil Um, Where we went to unreached people groups in the Amazon and preached the gospel and made disciples. And it was amazing. And so I just kind of want to share a little bit about that. But like Andrew said, I'm not just sharing testimonies this morning. What I really feel is that the Lord, not, not me, but the Lord is going to impress upon our hearts what he's calling us to do. What he's calling you to do individually. Does that make sense? Um, So, yeah. I flew into Fortaleza and spent some time with the Iris team there. I don't know if y'all know who Iris is, but it's an amazing ministry that we're connected with. And it's who this trip was through. So it's a long story, but I served with Iris for a few years, a few years ago And so, I heard about this trip, and I was like, I want to be on that trip. So, I ended up meeting them in Fortaleza, and then we flew to a city in the Amazon called Manaus. So, Manaus is kind of like, it's a pretty big city, but it's like literally surrounded by the Amazon, like right off the river. And so, um, it's kind of that weird, like you're in the Amazon, but you're also in a city. So, that's Manaus. And then, we stayed in Manaus for a little bit and did some things there, some ministry, which I'll talk about. And then, we went from there down the river into the more rural places of the Amazon, and spent a while there and then came back up before we left. So I actually wanted to, I made a little video, which is not amazing quality, so you can just bear with me, but it was made on the back of boats through airport Wi-Fi. Um, But I made this little, just so you could see it before I talk about it, so you could have like a little visual. So if we could get that, maybe turn the lights down, because I don't think it's super bright.
2: We're in the house and we don't really know what's next, but we're on a ferry heading out
1: to the Amazon. What's up? We are here by the Amazon River right now and we're about to go into this new community. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to Get
0: to talk to people do some discipleship and kind of just go around and see what's going on here.
2: and we're going to different houses right now in the community to invite them into the circus.
1: There it is. Um... Yeah, the little, the music behind it, just straight off of iMovie, I, I whatever it's called. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just a little picture of kind of what it was. So, again, whenever we, whenever we got to the city of Manaus, we met the team there. And the team, it's a lady and her husband named Mari, and we call him Junior. And then there are two kids who, their son is named Mateos, and he's like 22 maybe 23, and then Olivia, who's 17. And immediately, we felt the kindredness in the spirit. You know, like when you meet a stranger, but you're both in the kingdom, and so you just, that's how it felt. Plus, they're Brazilians, so like the first time you meet them, they're like, you know, so. Are there any Brazilians here today, by any chance? Oh, I wish there were. Okay. Uh, Brazilians are super affectionate and amazing and so, yeah, it was just really sweet to be with them. And one thing I was just really struck by, and I just wanna preface this before I share some of these testimonies, is that this team, it's this family, and then they have a lot of people that they like just live life with that are on mission with them. They have counted up the cost and they've counted the Lord worthy. They have laid their lives down for the Lord and they do every day. Um, in a way that like, to be honest, when I first was there, I was like offended at how self-centered I've been. And I feel like the church of the U S is like, I literally was like, we are so self-centered. Um, they they literally just spend their lives day in, day out, middle of the night, serving the Lord and loving people and preaching the gospel and I was talking to, within like two days of getting there, I'm starting off because this is intense, but within two days of getting there, I'm talking to their 22-year-old son, and he tells me that he's given his life to the Lord, and I was like, yeah, like we all have, you know, like yeah, we've given our lives to the Lord, and he's like, I'm gonna, like he's like, I'll probably die with my head on a plate. He was like, my life is not mine, and I was like, you know, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of intense. And then over the next few weeks, I was like, no, he means that. Like, he, their lives are not their own. And it's something that gripped me so deeply. And even the 17-year-old daughter was like, the parents, we had a conversation with them one morning. And we were asking, what's it like doing ministry as family? And she's, she mentioned that verse. I don't remember exactly what it is. It's in Psalms. It talks about your kids being qu- like arrows in the quiver. And she was like, you have to launch them. You can 't hold them back, you launch them, and so amazing testimony while we 're in that city we're going we went into a favela, which a favela is kind of like a it's like a slum kind of area, but um, they 're normally very dangerous there's a lot of drug activity there, a lot of um, a lot of crime, some of them, if you 're not from that community and you go in it's like a death sentence but they they work in several favelas around manaus and Olivia, the 17 year old, is leading our team. And I was like, what? And she, they, they do a kids' outreach in that favela. And so what we were doing was having the kids lead us to the, it's such a genius idea. The kids, we met and they're like, all right, now take us to your parents because we want to talk to your parents. And so literally the kids are leading Olivia and Olivia's leading us through these streets of a favela. And we get to this house. We knock on the door, we go in, we start talking to them. And then this lady like runs in and sits on the couch and we're like, who's this lady? I was kind of like, what's she doing here? And she literally interrupts us and starts telling her testimony. And she said, I grew up not walking with the Lord. I basically, I'll make it short. She's like, I reached a point in my life, I was suicidal, depressed, like full of anxiety, tried to take my life, had an encounter with the Lord got saved, and then has been trying to figure out what it means to walk as a Christian. And she's like, I know that all I need is the Lord, and he's now my peace, and I I feel so much life. She was like, but I don't know what it means to walk as a Christian. And she was like, I was literally just praying in my house, and when I heard your voices walking down the street, I knew that you had something. And so she's like, it's, it's one of those, like, Acts 10 moments when Cornelius is like, you know, he calls Paul to come, and he's like, so tell us everything, you know? And you're like, uh, Jesus loves you? Like, you're like, where do I start? Like, you know? It was so powerful, and actually, one of the girls on the team felt a word from the Lord that she was supposed to anoint someone with the oil of gladness, so she brought this little thing of oil. And so we anointed her with the oil of gladness, and then it was game over after that. Um... But it was amazing to see how it's just such divine appointments. Like, we were walking through this favela. These little kids are leading us, and the Lord is bringing us to a home right next door to this lady who's, like, literally praying at the time, like, Lord, I need to know you. And so we, we connected her in with their local, the outreach that they're doing in the local church. And it's beautiful to see Whenever we walked into that favela, to be honest, I was a little nervous because they give us, you know, they give us your little pre-brief and they're like, so if you hear gunfire lay on the ground, they're like, we're all going to stay close to each other. So we see hand signals. So if we do this, then that means run. If you know, like, they're, they're literally telling us like that kind of stuff. And then they're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and so you're like, all right, <laughs> you know, these little kids are like leading us. I'm like, our team leader's a 17 year old girl, you know? But as we're walking in, I felt the nudge of the Lord. And he's like, hey, Wesley, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, I have authority over this place. And I, was, and I remembered the Great Commission. And I was like, he has authority over this place. And this peace came in my heart. And I was like, the Lord's going to lead us right where we're supposed to go. And he did. Um, a few days later, we go and we... Um, we went down like i said down the river to the more rural parts of the amazon which is crazy you can only get so many places by boat of course and so lots of boat rides lots of ferry rides took us like an entire day to get to the place we were going and while we were in the more rural parts mostly what we did every day is we would go to a community they'd either already been to or a new one and kind of go house to house invite people to either gathering or we would just pray for them there. We invited them to our circus which you saw in the video we did a kids outreach that was a circus so we invited tons of kids to come to the the island little area where we were staying two about 200 people came which was amazing several kids gave their lives to the lord it was so powerful yeah it was so beautiful um And so we went around and just invited people to the circus. We prayed for them. So many people got healed. People got saved. People got delivered. There was one guy who had just the week before had a stroke. And I think it was the right side. It might be the left. I don't know. One side of his body was like paralyzed. And we go into his house. And his daughter and him had a really bad relationship. But because of the stroke, she had come to kind of take care of him, but there still was a lot of resentment and a lot of like animosity between them. And we pray for him. He begins to get feeling back. And then we realize that there's a lot of heart stuff going on. And so we end up really praying with them individually and, you know, leading them through forgiveness and seeing their relationship restored, which is beautiful. And then he begins to get like movement back in his legs and starts getting to where he can like walk around. Yeah, it's amazing. And the Lord healed his body, but he healed the relationship. And that's a really beautiful thing because in a place like that, you really need your family. Like that's kind of all that you have, you know. Um, and actually, it's really wild. There was another similar, there was a guy that was, um, like, mostly deaf. He had, like, gone, gone deaf over time. And we found him. Somebody led us to him. This wasn't, I wasn't on this team, but they've told me this testimony. Of, they went they found him, and he had been really angry at his community because whenever he stopped being able to hear well, they stopped visiting him because it was too difficult for them to communicate, and he kind of just fell off the map for them. And so um, they said that when they were first talking to him, they were like yelling in his ear to be able to talk to him. And he's like, what? And so they did again. They went through a lot of things in his heart and forgiveness and healing and prayed for him. And his ears began to open up. And he completely, his countenance completely changed. And by the end of it, they're just having regular conversations. And he's like, I'm excited to spend time with all my friends again. And yeah, it's so cool. Like the Lord, the Lord loves people. So any healing that happens is because he loves people. And so with any like, with any healing or anything that the Lord does is for the purpose of restoration of family, restoration of community and restoration of hearts to the Lord. Um. Yeah, and then there's the, this was in the video, but that guy got baptized. That was actually a community that, we, that the team had been to before. So they were going back and doing follow up. And um, one of our, a girl that was on our team that was a Brazilian, she's like this tall, and she preached a fiery message. And this kid said, He wants to give his life to the Lord. We prayed for him. He gave his life to the Lord. And then he says, I want to be baptized. And we said, What hinders us from doing it right now? So we walked down to the river and baptized him. Um, it was so powerful. Such a like, it was one of those like, what is happening? Like, you're like, we're at the Amazon River baptizing a guy right now. Um, and we really, we felt a lot for that place, even that it's like a ascending center because there's a, that's why there's another clip in there of all of us praying and worshiping by the river that was in the same community. Um, they... They just really had a hunger for the Lord. Like, they were so hungry. We walked in, and they were like, they literally were lining up the edge of the water waiting for us. Because they heard we were coming. People are hungry. And pe- hungry people are not just in the Amazon. Hungry people live next door to you. Hungry people work at Walmart. <laughs> hungry people go to Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> And Whole Foods. And Costco. Yeah, praise God. Really hungry people go to Costco. <laughs> if you're really hungry, that's where you go. Uh, <laughs> and then you leave. Yeah. Yeah. I won't finish that. I want to encourage us. Actually, can we turn, turn to Matthew 28? There's a lot more testimonies and a lot more amazing things that the, that the Lord did, um, and I'll probably share a couple more, but I want to make this practical for us because it's really easy to share testimonies about some far-off place in the Amazon where there's no AC or internet or anything, um, but it can sometimes the link gets missed between, so what do we do here and now and today? And at lunch, Matthew twenty-eight verse sixteen. I was just reading over this, and it just the Lord kind of just unpacked it for me. And I want to just go through it for a minute. This is the Great Commission, which a lot of us know and believe, and probably could quote by heart. Just to point out, this is the obvious, but it's not the great um, suggestion. Sometimes we treat it like the best, it's like, this is God's best way, but I'm living in, I don't know, I guess something else. It's, his, it's a commandment, it's a commission, it's actually our mission, the co-mission, it's our mission with him. Verse 16 says, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which... Jesus had directed them. Oh, look at this. I like this. To the mountain which Jesus had designated. The Great Commission happens in the context of Jesus already telling them where to go. Sometimes we think like our calling or like where the Lord's calling us. It's like some lottery system. Like you go into a meeting and it's like, you got a calling and you got a calling. Jesus had told them which mountain to go to. And then they went to the mountain. And then, and when they saw him, so he tells them where to go to receive a commission. They didn't know that's what they were receiving, but that's what they're receiving. So he tells them where to go. He's like, hey, when you go here, I'm going to call you, I'm going to give you your mission. And then they get there and they see him. So far, so good. So, Jesus said to them, oh, when they saw him, they worshiped him, which is a really good response. Praise God. That's the right thing. But some doubted. Sometimes where the Lord calls you, you'll see him and it'll look different than what you're used to. And it will cause you to doubt. Because I think they doubted him because he didn't look like the man that they knew before the cross. You know what I'm saying? I don't, it doesn't say it here, but I would imagine he might have been kind of like glowy, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, all I'm saying is they walked with him for three years, and then they see him, and some doubted it was him. So there's something going on that's not what they were used to. And so when the Lord—again, I want to preface this. I didn't really preface this well. I feel that today the Lord is going to give some of you a calling and literally commission you. So how do you get commissioned? First off, you walk where he's called you to walk. Then when you see him, you worship him. And even if you doubt, what's interesting is it says, but some doubted and Jesus came to them and said to them. So he didn't say, you're doubting, you don't get this. Some of them doubted, but he still said to them, all authority and heaven and on earth has been given to me. This, oh man, this line right here is like, it is the great hurrah of the gospel. Like the gospel message is unto us being reconciled with the Lord. And then the, that, that's how the gospel, the ministry of the gospel to us is us being reconciled to God. Now, we live in the ministry of reconciliation, which is reconciling others to the Lord, right? And, and if you don't know that all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to him, which means it's been given also to you, then you won't walk out your ministry, which is reconciliation. Because you'll think that you're, you're, you have to live your life trying to have authority over things, Rather than living from that and going into a favela where who knows what's gonna happen and just being like, the Lord has people here that he wants in his kingdom. It's understanding authority. And I think it also gets rid of that fear of man that hinders us from sharing. So, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's so much in here. But again, even the faithfulness of the Lord that he's with us to the end of the age is an amazing promise. And then I also, I just felt um, in Acts 1, you can turn there if you'd like. Acts 1 verse 7. The disciples are thinking that Jesus is about to like take his messianic reign in Jerusalem. Like they're like, this is the moment. Jesus is gonna like wipe out the Romans. It's going to be a great thing. So they're like asking him, Lord, when will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And in verse 7, he says to them, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons, but, the Father, but that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And then verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I love, Steve talks about this a lot when in our Foundations class, but the power that you receive is to be a witness. So the, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and gives us boldness. I mean, he gives us so many things, right? It's like communion with the Father, it's gifts of the Spirit, it's, all, it's the whole package. But what that does is give us, gives us boldness. So, like, if you know that you can walk in a room and get a prophetic word for somebody, what hinders you from having boldness to do it? If you know that the Lord's given you a gift of healing and that if you lay hands on someone, they're going to be healed, that should give us boldness. Like, literally, it's like, oh, God is here. Like, let's do this. Let's go for it. And so it gives you boldness. And so this is also just something I feel is so important. It gives us boldness. To be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This is so practical. Like, Jerusalem is their, I mean, most of them are from Galilee. But Jerusalem is like home base. Jerusalem is your next door neighbors. Where do you start next door neighbors? Start with your community. Start with your friends. Start with your family. That's Jerusalem. Jesus wasn't like, he didn't just tell them, all right, guys, go. I mean, he did send them out two by two, and he sent out, you know, the 72. But, like, he literally, he's like, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, which is, like, their region. It's, like, Israel, right? So, it's, like, your neighborhood, your region, your state, you're, like, you have, the Lord is saying, you have authority, and you have he wants to give you boldness to preach the gospel to your neighbors, to the region, to the people there, to Samaria. Ooh, we don't like that. Samaria is their enemies. The Samaritans are, are mixed Jew and Gentile. And they, they had like a weird twist of Judaism that was like their own faith. Like they built their own temple on a different mountain and kind of worshipped in a different place. Who are the Samaritans for us? I, I mean, I, maybe each person has their own, their own Samaritan. Um, I think the Samaritans are people who don't believe the same thing that we do inside the church. And I think the Samaritans are people who don't have the same political affiliation as you. People who very much stand for different agendas than you. That's the Samaritans. They're the people that are in your region that are your enemies. They're not, it's not the Middle East. It's not like, oh, there's like terrorism happening in the Middle East. That's not Samaria. Sumer- Samaria is your, it's your right next to you, but not a part of you. That's Samaria. And I believe until you get a heart for Samaria. Uh-oh. I think until you get a heart for Samaria. The Lord may send you to the nations, but I don't. I don't know how. Like, let me say this. It's really funny. I think a lot of times we like glorify missions on this. Like, you just go to a third world country, and then everyone flocks to you, and then everyone gets saved. You know, like when. So you're sitting here in the Amazon, right? You arrive on a two-hour boat ride. You get to some community, and then you get into someone's house, and then you sit around in a circle, and they're like, your translator's like, "All right, go ahead," and you're like okay, you do the same thing there that you would do here. It's just hotter, there's no AC, you're eating like rice and beans, and you have translators. So if you don't learn it here, what makes you think that magically, it's like you're gonna get somewhere, and it's like, boom, it clicks in, now I'm some, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's actually steward this small thing that's not actually a small thing, Steward, the, steward what the Lord's called you to, and you'll see it expand from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria to the ends of the Earth. And that's really like what I feel for this morning, because like, to be 100 percent honest with you, missions in theory is full of like exciting testimonies and adventure and seeing the Lord do awesome stuff. Missions in reality is like sitting on a boat for so long as you're tired and sweating because it's like 100 degrees and you haven't been in AC in four days. And you're just like, Lord, why am, I, why am I here preaching the gospel when there's people under bridges in my own city that need this? Of course, I know that the Lord called me to go there. Like, it was very, very clear why the Lord brought me there. But I'm just saying is that we, we, can't, we can't have this, like, golden view of, like, missions and ministry in other places, because all that you do there is what you do here. And, and your neighbors are hungry for the Lord. And there's Samaritans around you who don't know him. And, and they've built other temples on other hills. And they need Jesus. Maybe they have like, they know a little bit. Actually, it's very similar to a lot of people in the US. It's like, Oh, I know Jesus, but it's like some kind of twisted, weird thing. It's not really him. And I feel that the Lord this morning wants to, like, commission us and and show us who he's sending us to. It could be a nation. I mean, you may, who knows, the Lord may commission you to India today. But it could be a brother or sister that the Lord just puts on your heart it could be literally your next-door neighbor. It could be a coworker. Like, I feel that, like, I just feel this zeal of the Lord of, like, he has sent us, and he, we, he has all authority, and what are we waiting for? Like, legitimately, what are we waiting for? Um, I know this is not, like, a super, like, inspiring, like, yeah kind of word, but, like, this is something I really felt with the team that was there in Manaus. Again, it's this this these two parents and their kids who are, like, on fire for the Lord. And I realized for them, this is so funny, but, like, I literally started bawling when I realized this. I was like, they're not missionaries. They just live here. Does that make sense? Like, they're not missionaries to the, like, they just live there, and then, of course, they go out. Like, they're very intentional about going out on all those boat rides and meeting people, but I was like, they just live here. Like, they've actually laid their, like, I know this sounds funny, but, like, there's some glorious thing of, like, you know, you meet someone, you go speak at a conference, I'm a missionary in Thailand, praise God, like, we need that, but they're not, like, we're missionaries in Brazil, they're, like, we live in Brazil, does that make sense? Like, it's actually their home that they're just, they've just laid their lives down at their home, and they didn't get sent there, they're just there being sent, like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe, but literally it hit me, and I started weeping, and I was like, Lord, we think that we need some, like, big missional, like, calling, like, they told me their story, maybe this happened, they never shared it, the Lord was never like, I've given you the Amazon, go take it, they literally were like, there are people in favelas that are dying that don't know Jesus, let's go, it's so, it's like, offensively simple, like legitimately, offensively simple, Mateos, their 22-year-old, told me that he was walking down the street and there's like a skate park in their city and that the Lord was like showing him these people at the skate park. And he's like, I don't know how to skateboard. So he started learning how to skateboard, went to the skate park, made connections there, and started discipling people. And you're just like, oh, wow, it's pretty easy. Like, I don't know. I do believe, the, so I say that to say this. I do believe the Lord's going to commission us this morning but it doesn't mean you have to have some big, grand, like, seeing an open vision of Jesus, like, handing you a region. Because he already said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me, so go. Yeah. Right. That, that was his, that's the grand, big vision of resurrected Jesus. Again, I don't know, but I think He's kind of glowing. He had some kind of light something going on. Probably like the Mount of Transfiguration. He literally says, do this. And then he ascends up into heaven. He's like, that's the encounter. That's all you need. Like, I don't know what more we need from him in order to be like, this is kind of a big deal. And so again, it's not at all from a place of like guilt. It's not at all like, oh, I need to be doing. It's like, let what the Lord's done in you, even this morning, let it come out of you. Let it come out, because he is coming out. And so, yeah, Andrew, do you want to share?
0: Yeah, Mark, could you come? We're going to go ahead, and we're going to land. But um, is this hitting anybody's heart, like it's hitting mine? I remember recently I was in one of our Discover classes, and um, this thing rose up in me. I almost felt like I maybe offended a few people in the room. This thing rose up in me about the word outreach. And the Lord began to really convict my heart that in the church, we've actually we've replaced individual mission for the gospel with programmatic outreach in some ways. Oh, I'm, I'm being a little over the top. And the Lord began to convict my heart even when we've, when we've been talking about this neighborhood thing that we're doing. We specifically didn't call it an outreach. It's not called an outreach. It's a connection. It's a serving. It's a go be, go do. And I think we got to get back to this in the church. we got to get back. Missions can't be just going to Brazil. Missions can't just be that. It's got to be what is the Lord asking me to do here? What is the call here? Jesus in Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the what of the world. And if you're the light of the world, he then goes on to say, you don't put that light under a basket. You don't hide the light. You shine the light. You let the light shine. Oh, the Lord's been hitting me so hard with this, with this word, the light. I've been meditating on it all week. Because my son, who's five months old, he'll just, he'll just see the light, and his eyes are drawn to it. Your eyes aren't drawn to darkness. Because when, when it's dark, And boom that light comes on what happens whoa what's that what's that what's that we're not attracted to darkness we're attracted to light and that's because we're filled with light and the Lord's been putting this burden in me about what it means to be light one of the greatest calls as the church, as an individual believer, is to commune with him, but then it's to be light everywhere you go. You shine your light. You let your light shine. You actually believe what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8, which says you are commissioned to go heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons, and to see the kingdom of heaven come to earth in a reality to all of those around you. But listen, we've made it this big thing sometimes when the reality is it's light. What does it look like for me to be light in my business place? What does it look like for me to be light? Some of you, you're going back to school. Some of you, you're already back in school. Where are my students at? Raise your hands. Can I tell you something? You're called to be light in your school, in your classroom, with your students with your friends, on the football team, on the baseball team, what does it look like to let your light shine? So I really felt like that was something that the Lord was was giving me, was that we're called to be light and we make it so complicated and it's so simple. It's just, what does it look like? It's a conversation here. It's an opportunity over there. It's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to lead us. But we have to step out of that box and be willing to shine. I wanna invite my wife, Emily, up to share a dream she had before we were even pastoring this church in Nashville. She had a dream about the Lord commissioning. And then we're gonna, we're gonna step into a time of ministry.
2: Sorry, we haven't really talked about this yet, but it was a dream that I had in Nashville last week. Um, But I had a dream um, that we were having service and there was a commissioning um, and there was a missionary um, on stage and she was commissioning this house. And um, there was, this place was flooded um, with people at the front. And the Lord was giving um, people um, cities and countries, but he was also giving them people. And so it wasn't just a commissioning to out of the country and it wasn't just a commissioning to a different state, but it was a commissioning to here as well and to your neighbor. And so as Wesley's talking, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this was my dream. Um, And so I felt too that um, as that commissioning happened, like, from then on, our house was known as a sending house, and it wasn't just that we were being sent um, to the other uttermost parts of the world. We were being sent out to our neighbor. We were being sent out to a grocery store. We were being sent out to our job. Like we are a sending house. That is what our vision is, and so um, I just, as Mark plays, I just want to. I want to end. Okay. um I just want to end with us whoever wants to come up here I want to um I want our staff to pray if as you feel commissioned up here but um I want to just invite you to come up here and um as just an act of like being commissioned out um because as Wesley shared too like we are all called to be sent out so
0: Yeah, so you can, if, if you're feeling your heart stirred, come to the front. Um, just so you know, you're gonna be hearing a lot about this because we're not gonna be changing the channel for a while. This is actually part of Vision 2024 is living on assignment. So I wanna, you wanna come pray too. We just we just want to i think we just want to step into a time of just the lord commissioning us and this morning i felt even just in this next season in this year i felt specifically that the lord wants to encourage you to impart courage to you to fill us as a church family with courage to let our light shine it's time to shine even if it feels as though the darkness is heavy it pales in comparison to the light and as things get more wild next year and as there's a shaking and there's a thing it becomes even more apparent where the light is so lord we just we accept your invitation if this is on your heart just say i accept the invitation i accept the invitation
2: And I just feel too that that the Lord just wants to give identity this morning as well because you need to know your identity as you go. It's very important for you to know who you are as you go. So Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for identity. We thank you for who you say that we are. We thank you for um, just names of people, names of people groups, names of cities, names of places, names of countries, names of regions. Lord, we thank you for imparting those into us today, God. We thank you that convergence is a sending house. We thank you that as we cast our nets, Lord, thank you, Jesus for your faithfulness to draw people in. We thank you for mandates. We thank you for just um, the call that you have on our life. We ask you, Lord, just for ears to hear, hearts to be opened. giving you um, a person or a place and you're like, oh, I really want like Brazil or I really want India or, and you're disappointed, like, it's no small thing. (laughs) Loving your family, loving your neighbor, that's not small.
0: just say we will go we will go, we will go, we will be your hands and feet how beautiful are the feet of those that share good news we will share Lord, we will go we will go, we will go we will go we will go just if you're up here, ask the Lord, Lord what is, what is a step for me to take where are you leading me to go what does it look like? Just just begin to talk to him about it. We should say, Here we are, Lord, send us. Here we are, Lord. Here we are as a church family saying we want to step deeper into the harvest. The harvest is right, but the workers are few. Lord, would you send out the laborers? Would you send us out? send us into the schools would you send us into government would you send us into businesses would you send us to our neighbors we thank you that we are called to go we are called to share would you commission this morning you're commissioning us you're commissioning this house in a fresh way it's time to send again. It's time to go. It's time to be willing to step out. We break off timidity. We break off fear. We break off any ounce of this caring about our reputation, caring about what people think, caring about it, Lord. We say, we sh- would you strip us of that? Would you strip us of that, Lord? Strip us of the fear. Strip us of caring about what our reputation, what it looks like. Caring about having all the right words, having all the right verses, having all the right language, Lord. Strip us of that and just allow us to be so leaning on the Spirit of the Lord that He begins to move. And you begin to speak and it's as if you're not speaking, He's speaking. whoa, I feel like the Lord is putting a burden on us right now. He's placing a burden for the lost, a deeper burden, Given to him it's in you though through the Holy Spirit that authority that authority that authority that authority Lord we, we ask you we ask you Lord over this body Lord we ask you for an increase an increase in signs and wonders Lord we ask you for an increase in seeing demons shake at the sound of our voice Lord We ask you for an increase of seeing darkness flee, Lord. We ask you for an increase of seeing the lepers cleanse, God. We ask you for an increase and we don't just say it. We don't just want to preach about it. We don't just want to sing about it. We want to see it happen, that heaven is on earth, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. That there's a deeper reality that's being birthed within us to actually believe that your word is true to believe that you want to heal people, to believe that you want to cast out demons, to believe that you want to set the captives free, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord to those around us. Oh, it's not just words, it's reality. It's a reality. This is the reality. We will walk in that, Lord. Help us to walk in it. This is is a season. Not just a season, but even next year. Next year, the Lord is talking to us about harvest and Holy Spirit. We thank you for harvest, Lord. We thank you. We thank you.
3: Lee's message this morning I love the fact that he talks about something as simple as getting in a boat and I love the fact that he takes it to a completely different arc where we read in the Bible where Jesus was glorified where angels came down and the temptation is to think well when I see the angels coming down when I see Jesus glorified then I can do the things of God And yet Wesley did something as simple as stepping in a boat. And God took it back to me with the widow and the mites and how she gave everything she had. And she has a place of distinction in in the Bible because she simply did with what she had. And then we talked about this morning about maybe what we have is talking to a family member or talking to a neighbor somebody that we see or the boldness of taking those mites that we have here and knowing that's as important and loved and appreciated by God as this great adventure or this thing of seeing Jesus glorified. And Yeah, that's the encouragement is to say God has put something in my hand very, very humble. I'm just going to be faithful with it. I'm going to look for those opportunities with, with what I have in my hand. That is so good.
0: And I also, I just, the last thing that I feel is too, is the Lord, part of what this looks like is allowing the Lord to reveal himself through even the way that we talk to people and the creative expressions that the Lord has put in our hearts I feel like we have a lot of, how many of you would say that you're like a creative? You're in art, production, worship, media, dance of some sort. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. All right, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. I felt like the Lord this week told me I'm awakening a fresh creative movement at Convergence. As I was praying, I felt strongly that the Lord is raising up creatives at Convergence and that part of the call is to raise up an army of creatives that shake up the different areas of creative expression for the Lord. David Wagner prophesied over this house back in March that he's raising up worshipers in this house. Specifically that we aren't to be like another movement, but he's calling us out of a season of comparison And I believe the word the Lord has for our creatives right now is that what the Lord is gonna do in you and in this house is not gonna look like what it looks like anywhere else. So don't compare yourself to those around you, but let the Lord lead you. But I just wanna pray real quick because I I felt this thing within me of like, what does it look like to release the gospel and release healing and release what the Lord is saying through creative expression? And so, Lord, we, just, we ask you right now, we thank you for those that are walking in that. And we just ask you that you would raise up an army of creatives in this house. What would it look like if this house was a place that raised up a creative army that walked in obedience unto the fear of the Lord? And that there's a new sound and a new place of worship that isn't for others, but it's for him. He's awakening it though, it's ascending too because people are gonna encounter the gospel because of your creative expression. People are going to be healed because you are dancing unto the Lord, and all of a sudden chains begin to break, and there's a there's a gospel sense, there's a sending of creatives where the Lord is saying, I'm calling you to the creative place to see the gospel and to see the great commission happening in creative arts so we just release that word Lord and we bless we bless this house we bless those that are walking in that in this house Your are dancing before the Lord is setting people free your worship before the Lord is bringing healing to the captives so we just release that Lord We just thank you for that, Lord, and we thank you that we will go. We will be sent. We will let our light shine.